welcome to the well actually podcast thank you for listening uh however you may be listening uh the podcast is available on spotify apple Podcasts, google play and stitcher and videos of the podcast are available on youtube uh so i wanted to say a big thank you to everyone who gave feedback on the bloopers episode uh, i know it was something a little bit different but i just wanted to give a little behind the scenes look at what goes into making of the show and the many, many, many mistakes that are made. Uh, going forward, I'll try to incorporate some of the elements into the videos of the full episodes because some people seem to like them a bit. Uh, we also have a bit of a jam-packed show because that's what happens when you miss a couple weeks. Uh, don't forget to give us feedback uh, either on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram uh, regarding the new things we're going to try on the show. Also, want to say happy Eid to our Muslim brothers and sisters. All right, so let's get to the show. Yes, uh, Liverpool Football Club won the Champions League final beating Tottenham 2-0. Uh, Liverpool captured its sixth Champions League title, more than the rest of the Premier League combined, might I say. Uh, personally, it was a day of excitement, nerves, and ultimately ecstasy. I don't remember if I cried or not, but it was one of those experiences where I, it, it was a good thing I watched them the game by myself but you know and I, I I don't do a lot of shit talking generally but I made an exception on Saturday because it was just it was necessary because you know there are a lot of people who like to talk like their clubs are doing stuff but not so much anyway uh, also in the Europa League uh, Chelsea beat Arsenal and which was probably Aiden Hazard's last match for Chelsea he's expected to move to Real Madrid very soon and I just wanted to say, like, this was a big deal for English football because there were four English teams, and as in all four European finalists were English teams. And a little icing on the cake is that not a single one was from Manchester. I, I just wanted to put that out there. All right, so this part is going to be a bit of a news and notes segment where we briefly touch on some of the news of the week. And like I said, we missed a couple weeks, so... I just want to start off with uh, Inauguration Day, or Democracy Day as it's officially known for all my Nigerians. Uh, and when they ask you what it's like being a Nigerian American nowadays, you're basically like, you have two presidents and you don't want to claim either one. So like we know Buhari was somehow reelected and Bruce didn't even bother to give an inauguration speech. I mean, in fairness, he barely addressed the, the nation in, during his first four years, so why start now? He doesn't need your votes anymore, so he's... It's going to be radio silence and a lot of overseas trips for him. I'm not sure what it means for the country, but it is what it is. And I'm not even going to go on about your little president, I mean, for America. And the mess he's making over in the UK right now, and... <laughs> And how they're terming some of his stuff as uh, not even falsehoods, but like misrepresentations. And I mean, 
everyone has their part to play in this shit show. And uh, speaking of shit shows, uh, Netflix is considering pulling uh, some of its shows or halting production of shows being filmed in Georgia following the controversial uh, abortion ban that was passed in the state. And you might have noticed like at the end of a lot of shows, you might see like the Georgia peach. And that's because a lot of shows are being like suddenly being produced and filmed down there and some movies as well. And that's because back in 2008, uh, they passed a 30% tax credit uh, for productions that were shot in the state of Georgia. So that essentially helped lure like TV shows and even Black Panther to film down there. And what Netflix and other filmmakers and TV producers are trying to do is apply pressure in the sense that they're going to have uh, cast members and members of their crew will be filming down there and they feel like that's just an unsafe work environment if getting an abortion down there is considered illegal but usually for things to change a lot of it it doesn't have to be because it's right it's usually because money's involved and speaking of money apple made an announcement they announced that they're going to discontinue itunes like the groundbreaking software app platform, however you want to call it, uh, that launched back in 2001. It actually predates the iPod and the App Store, which has the same name. And however you want to call it, iTunes played a big part in allowing Apple to dominate the digital download space. Like you didn't have to worry about downloading illegally from Napster. Although some people still, you know, use Kazaa or LimeWire however you want and then you got all the viruses that came with it but yeah it's a sad day for uh, for the digital space so you know make sure you pour out your drink for the homie itunes just just make sure you don't get it on your ipod or does anyone still use an ipod right now i'm not i'm not entirely sure i guess your ipad or your iphone or your just pour it away from your electronics all right so sticking to the money theme uh mackenzie bezos uh, the now ex-wife of Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, has decided to sign what uh, is being called the Giving Pledge. Uh, it's an initiative launched by Warren Buffett and Bill and Melinda Gates back in 2010. And it's basically the world's richest people who are dedicating majority of their wealth uh, to charitable causes during their lifetimes or in their wills. And after her divorce, uh, Mackenzie Bezos' uh, personal fortune is estimated at $36.6 billion. Yeah. as I mean, her husband isn't, he's not broke or anything. He's still the world's richest man after shelling out that amount of money. So uh, the thing about the giving pledge is it's not just the, those two or those three people now. They're like... A bunch of CEOs and other people who are trying to make an impact with their wealth and it's also brought about some sort of conversation about hoarding of wealth and how some people think it's unfair that these people have this amount of money and there are so many people uh, in the world suffering from extreme poverty and I guess that makes sense to a degree but what exactly do you want them to do like Where's the cutoff before you start deciding that people are hoarding wealth? 
it's not something I'm going to get into now, but it's just something that, like, if that's what you feel, like to like, I like to know, like, is it after a hundred thousand, a million, a hundred million, one billion? And then are there like, who's going to be in charge of redistributing this wealth? Are you going to trust it up to governments or NGOs, where corruption is rife and like, it you might your heart might be in the right place, but as with a lot of things, execution is key and the resources just aren't there yet. So that's why something like this is a very good idea. But I guess it remains to be seen how these donations or these pledges are going to be uh, redeemed. All right, so we're going to take a quick break here and then we'll be right back. series currently playing on Netflix titled When They See Us. I'm sure by now some of you have heard of it or probably seen it. And it chronicles the story of a group of young black teens falsely accused and convicted of a crime and they were dubbed the Central Park Five. So I'm stopping short of making this a full recommendation because a lot of the elements of the story are a bit triggering for some people. It's partly a testament to Ava DuVernay and her ability to bring the story to life. And it's also because true life is often scarier than fiction. So it's not a case of an alien from a far off world that's coming to wipe out half the planet with the snap of his fingers. And it's, I mean, sure, that could be scary in theory, but it, it doesn't carry the same sting. And this isn't the kind of scary that could be avoided if you just listen to what an old woman said about like that cursed doll or moving into that weird ass cabin to get away from city life. No, it's this is it's, it's not just real life, it's everyday life. And in some respects, it's not even a horror movie. It's like it's a documentary. It's a mirror held up society showing how every aspect of our so-called criminal justice system failed and continues to fail uh, boys, young men, and women of color. Uh, these rules were not just bent, but they were broken altogether, pressure illegally applied, forcing people to make uninformed decisions that would impact them and in some cases wreck their lives. So with regards to the show and the elements of the show, 
like the haircuts and the technology might be a bit different but the discrimination is like eerily familiar and there are so many places that like that this discussion could go but i'll speak to the ones around me like how nigerian parents for instance and this is not an indictment of them or or even a condemnation of them it's i guess is what they know but they feel like respectability politics will somehow keep you immune uh, from such but there's no amount of yes sir no ma'am that can save you from someone who already made up their mind about you based on the color of your skin and it, i mean like i said it's what they knew and it's what they passed down so what we in turn <clears throat> in this generation need to pass down is a firm grasp of our rights but that could be worthless to someone who has no interest in respecting your rights and this brings us back to why the series may be too traumatic for some and it's definitely going to elicit a strong emotional response from you it might be sadness it might be rage or it might be despair and since the show aired uh, some folks have rediscovered like the prosecutor is uh, responsible for tearing these boys lives apart Linda Fairstein and how she's still flourishing like she's out here living her life selling books being a bestseller and all that and even being on the board of some like uh, non-for-profit organizations or whatever and their petitions have been started to get her all the way out the paint like people are trying to get her books removed from stores and it's just crazy how someone could go through life so blissfully after re wreaking so much havoc and I learned recently that she's had to step down from certain positions but which like sure that's a win but I think that only happened because of the pressure of what happened after the show came out but these people knew what she did and that didn't seem to matter then so it's not like it, this is being some moral stance or anything but yeah and I can see how some might say it's required watching for black folks folks but we're already aware of this injustice like this is required watching for everyone else so that they can get a glimpse into what we go through what could potentially be like some of our last days really like it's it's something that we're all too familiar with and for other folks of other races they might just see it as a blip or an anomaly when it's really every day for us so I, I want to say for those who think this is I guess what they call it uh, uh, tragedy porn or how you call it or I understand why you might want to term it that or something along those lines but it's a mischaracterization because this isn't being shot in the way like where they're glorifying the the trauma. I guess that's what it's called, trauma porn. And they're not trying to they're not trying to make it seem like this is something that should be done. But what they're trying to do is bring awareness to the injustice itself. And I can see how you might conflate the two and do so poorly. But it is really really tough to watch for some people and i can totally understand why because <laughs> when you see like these kids were anywhere from like what 14 to 16 years old and their lives were completely ruined 
And this isn't like 12 Years a Slave or Django Unchained where the backdrop is slavery as an abstract concept. Like this is a real life occurrence where a billionaire spent his own money to call for the death penalty for these five kids. Again, that's your little president or whatever. And up till now, like, there was an element to the story that I hadn't even considered myself. Like while the Manhattan DA and NYPD were so busy shoehorning facts to make it stick to these five boys, the actual culprit went on to kill another woman. So this is like yet another needless tragedy that could have been avoided if people in power weren't so blinded by prejudice. So like you could think about that for a second. If they hadn't made up their minds on these five kids, they could have been looking for the actual person responsible and prevented him from killing yet another person. But yeah, and for an event that occurred all the way back in 1989, they weren't even compensated for their wrongful treatment till 2014. Like, think, like, chew on that for a bit. Like, they, like, they, they didn't even get, I can't even call it justice, but they didn't even get any kind of remuneration for 25 years. And uh, I want to say a special shout out to the young actors who brought this story to life with their performances. I'm sure we're going to see them in a lot of uh, very important roles very soon. And a shout out to Ava DuVernay because like stories like this require, uh, they require being told by someone with, I guess, a personal stake or someone who understands what the culture needs. And this is not one of those white savior movies or shows or whatever where everything can just be solved with a coke and a smile and a little handshake and everything will be all right no <clears throat> this was this was a portrait of america back then and it's sort of like long exposure that shows you that what happened back then is still happening right now and it requires someone who was interested enough in making sure this sto story was told all right, we're going to take a quick break here and then we'll be right back. All right, so with our TV recommendations, I'm going to basically keep these to the shows that are premiering soon, just premiered or premiered a little while ago. And I'm going to start off with Sneaky Pete. Uh, it's a show on Amazon Prime. And it premiered a little while ago and I just couldn't get around to mentioning it. And it's a really clever show. Uh, but I've delayed in talking about it so long that Amazon actually just recently canceled it. But it's it's a really good show. It's three seasons in. So if you're looking for a nice little show, about 30 episodes in total, that it's... I wouldn't say it's a comedy, but it has certain comedic elements to it. And I think if you, you're looking for a show that you can binge very quickly, I recommend uh, Sneaky Peek. Also, Big Little Lies and uh, their all-star cast is returning to HBO this Sunday, uh, June 9th for a second season. And I didn't even know they were going to have a second season until a little while ago. And Meryl Streep is joining the cast. And the trailer was released recently. Uh, I try not to watch these trailers because I want to go into these shows with an open mind. Uh, also, Black Mirror debuted Tuesday night. Uh, season five and 
that show just keeps getting creepier and creepier. Uh, I'm not sure how a lot of you keep up with it, but I remember when it first came out and yeah, I, so the thing that actually makes it even creepier is because a lot of the things they mention in the show in terms of like technological advancements and lacking privacy, they seem to be coming true a bit. And that's, that's a bit scary and it's, it's very unsettling i'll put it that way and i mean if you watch black mirror you you know exactly what i'm talking about and yeah uh good luck to everyone who watches that and good luck trying to sleep but it's also very entertaining and the fact like that the episodes don't necessarily uh, go in chronological order helps pick it up wherever it is at the moment so in case you don't want to go all the way back to season one, you could just jump in at season five. And speaking of uh, a show where art imitates life or life imitates art, uh, The Handmaid's Tale, the critically acclaimed show returns. And there are some who believe that this is one of, if not the best show on TV right now. I haven't gotten into this show yet and that's on me, but like I said, it's, it's scary how what is going on in the country right now is a big part of the show or the themes of the show but what's even weirder is that hulu's only releasing three episodes like when the streaming services start staggering their releases like next thing you know they'll start releasing one episode every week or like well, what's up with that i guess they know the show is so popular they can get people to come back later so even if you're gonna binge you're you're gonna what that is that it's not binging anymore it's just like portion control and uh, yet another show, Designated Survivor. I feel like I've mentioned this show five times now. But yes, the premiere date is finally here, Friday, June 7th. And it's gonna be a shorter season uh, since it's moved to Netflix. So it's gonna be less foreplay, more action. And they're saying it's gonna be a grittier, darker season. And I mean, I really hope so because like a lot of the previous seasons had a little bit too much happy-go-lucky in it. and. But yeah, this is supposed to be uh, a very pivotal season for the characters of the show and for the show itself, because depending on the performance on Netflix, that would probably decide if it's going to get picked up for another season. Uh, also, uh, Luther came back last week, although I seem to have watched it a couple months ago. But yeah, on BBC America, uh, Luther aired uh, last week. That's with Idris Elba. And it's four episodes, four long episodes. So if you watch Luther, uh, you're going to want to watch it. And it's <laughs> it's a really good season. And I, okay, I'm not going to say anything that might give you a hint as to how the season goes. But if you're a fan of the show, you're probably going to want to watch this one intently, especially how it and that's all I'm gonna say. I'm not. I'm not giving any spoilers. All I'm, I'm just saying, you might want to get this one in quickly. All right. Uh, so we're gonna take a short break, and then we'll be right back. Okay. 
So this at this portion, we're going to focus on what we're calling the WTF story of the day. It's a story where it just makes you, you know, just close your eyes and rub your forehead and just say WTF, like what is going on in the world right now? And for some reason, I just seem to come across these stories a lot. I don't ask me how. So I'm going to read this story directly from the site where I got it so that I don't miss any of the details. So it's not me freestyling. I'm trying to get it to you word for word. All right, so Cameron Jeffrey Wilson, 27, was carrying a gun in his front pocket on April 5th in Washington State when the firearm accidentally discharged. The bullet pierced Wilson's testicles and then went into his thigh. Upon arriving at the hospital, a doctor was operating on the gunshot wound when a balloon of marijuana slipped out of Wilson's anus. <laughs> Police arrived at the hospital and searched Wilson's car, where they also found a bag of meth. The man's troubles did not end there, though, as Wilson, who is a convicted felon, was being processed in the county jail. He was strip searched and another balloon of marijuana came out of his anus. And I and if that's not the funniest part, Wilson pleaded not guilty to second degree possession. <laughs> I'm sorry. He uh he, he pleaded not guilty. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so I I just wanna know what went okay, maybe not went into, but what informed his decision to you know actually I don't I you know what I have no questions. No questions at all. I Wow, just like, okay, I have one question. How did he decide to put the marijuana up there instead of the meth? And, you know, no questions. Just That's just something for you guys to think about. He shot himself in the nuts, went to the hospital. Weed dropped out of his asshole. The cops came, searched his car, found meth. When they were processing him, more weed dropped out of his asshole. Like... You know, no, no more questions. Uh, I think that is a good place to end this week's episode. I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, however you may be listening, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple iTunes. Well, not iTunes anymore, as we've discussed. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Also on YouTube, you can subscribe and watch the videos of the podcast there. And like I said earlier, we're going to be trying something a little bit new on these videos as well uh, also uh, please you know if you have any suggestions or feedback about the show you can reach out to us on twitter facebook or instagram and uh, i hope we can do this again next week also want to say happy pride month to all of the members of the lgbt community uh, those who are out and those who have not found the right time to come out uh, whatever you're going through i hope you are going through it peacefully all right, we'll do this next week. Take care.